The Amazing Pulp Adventure starring Mr. Adventure. The clock says it's time for adventure, so sit a little closer to the radio so you don't miss a thing. Stay vigilant, stay adventurous! Welcome once again to the Amazing Pulp Adventures radio show, starring the hero of Sapphire City, the city of tomorrow today, Mr. Adventure. We've traveled in time, we've traveled interdimensionally, but we've never crossed into another universe. This episode takes us to a universe where steam courses through everyone's veins. Mr. Adventure and Kid Adventure are on their way to a gathering of the world's greatest heroes to learn new ways of protecting that beautiful dame, Justice. We now join them in the Adventure Mobile, just past the Sapphire City limits. I don't know about you, kid, but it's nice to get out of the city every now and again. You're telling me! It'll be nice to not have to worry about giant robots or any of our gallery of rogues this weekend. I don't suppose they'd ever show their face at the Organized Union of Superheroes trade show. They'd never make it past the front door. I just hope they don't decide to attack the city while we're away. Nah, I think most of our baddies are more interested in defeating us than taking over the city without a fight. Just think of the time we'd save by not sitting through monologues if they didn't care about humiliating us. <laughs> <laughs> so what time is our guest spot? Our talk is at four in the main ballroom. Great! That leaves me time to check out the newest crime-fighting gadgets in the dealer's room. I can't wait to see what Doc Tech and Dr. Richards have on display. They always seem to have the most interesting toys. Although it seems that their tables are right next to each other. That's not going to be pretty. Mr. Adventure and Kid Adventure laugh at the thought of the two technological geniuses arguing over who has the cold and non-lethal freeze ray as they continue their drive to Metro City. Once there, they check into their hotel rooms, don fresh clothing, and go down into the showroom to check out the gadgetry. Step right up, step right up! The latest net guns in town! Get up into the air, quickly and quietly! Bungee-launched gliders, launched from anywhere and coast everywhere, quietly. The fine streets of Metro City will be patrolled by a robotic police force, and I have the first wow. steps toward... There the is control. so much stuff here! The latest and greatest that crime-fighting minds can create! It's a good thing they're on our side, kid. I'd hate to face anything in here if it fell Ladies into the wrong hands. and gentlemen, time is a road. One that you must travel. But what if you could do a U-turn? Hmm, time travel. Not every road is a one-way street. Excuse me, sir. What exactly are you suggesting? Ah, hello. It's the famed Mr. Adventure. I am suggesting that which you suspect. Time has always been perceived as a linear thing, a strict progression of cause to effect. From our experience, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. <laughs> Very good, my young friend. Points to the wee fellow. Yes, that's precisely what it is. You've experienced so few years, yet you have a handle on how it moves. I would imagine you've done your share of time traveling, have you? Yes, he's a very smart lad. So what exactly are you displaying here? As I was about to tell the young man, <clears throat> if time were a river, the current carrying you towards inevitability, do you believe that you could swim upstream? Do you have some proof of time travel? I'm merely speaking of the possibility of time travel. The possibility? 
I was led to believe that only practical technologies were to be on display here. You know, your booth seems to be a little offset from the rest of them, too. Oh, I have something very practical here. Something that proves all hypotheses regarding time and its ability to be manipulated. Here, inspect this piece. The vendor hands Mr. Adventure a small ball covered with odd etchings. Look, I've been from one side of this planet to the other, sometimes via different dimensions, and I've seen a lot of strange stuff. But I've never seen anything to make me believe that scientific time travel is possible. Well, that is a fair enough observation, Mr. Adventure. But allow me to let you in on a little secret. Scientific time travel is, in fact, impossible. With that exclamation, the vendor whips off his hat and smock, revealing underneath a vintage vest and tie emblazoned with a timepiece surrounded by stars. He begins to mumble in an archaic tongue. The etchings on the device Mr. Adventure holds begin to pulse and glow a brilliant green. Mr. Adventure, it's Eon, <laughs> Master of Time! With those words barely escaped Kid Adventure's lips, the duo disappears. Our heroes find themselves in a dark room. A light flickers on above their heads, revealing the contents of the room. Wow! What the heck happened? My head is hurting like the dickens. And what a wonderful smell we've discovered! No kidding. It smells like Doc Tech and Dr. Richards had an oil fight again. Look at this place. Those two could have a field day with all the junk pots in here. Oh, there are always wonderful pots to find in here. Mr. Adventure and Kid Adventure are startled by the man standing by the doorway, picking through a nearby pile. Who are you? Where are we? Professor Armitage Drumheller. You're in the spare room. Spare room? Yes. Where we keep the spare parts. Of course. Do you think this would work? Would what work for what? Oh, you're probably right. I say, would you fellows like to see what I've been working on? I don't know if we have time. Sure, sounds great! Kid, we're in an unknown area. I think we'd better get our bearings first. We can contact the captain from my laboratory. And while we're waiting, we can see Professor Drumheller's latest project. Besides, it's better we know someone than no one. You've got a point, kid. All right. Show us the way, Professor! The Professor leads Mr. Adventure and Kid Adventure down a long corridor into his laboratory. They are surrounded by bubbling beakers and burning Bunsens. Various blueprints scatter the walls, and piles of abandoned machinery line the floor and counters. In one corner, a large fish tank sits beneath a row of lights. In the other corner lie ten additional fish tanks with scorch-marked holes stacked haphazardly. Jeez, kid, this place looks worse than the junk room we just left. I think it looks grand! So this is my latest project. Wow! It looks like a giant aquarium! Yes, it does, but it's not the aquarium that is my project, rather its contents. Kid Adventure presses his nose against the glass, trying to peer inside. A goldfish swims up to the glass. But it is no ordinary goldfish. It appears to have a small barrel strapped to its head, leading to two small packs on its side, just under the fins. Gosh, Professor! What's that strapped to the fish? One is a converter, and the other is a power cell. A power cell for what? Isn't the fact that he's in water make it dangerous for the fish? Well, I thought of that, so I encased them in a watertight, well, case. That's awesome! I too was quite awestruck when the idea first came to me. Excuse me, Professor. So how do you recharge them? The apparatus on the left collects oxygen from the water and converts it to energy, while the right side stores it. And that little tube on the top? Is that the output for the energy? Yes! My, you are a clever little fellow. It is the emitter for the energy. A laser? Are you telling me that you're arming goldfish? It's only a small fish, Mr. Adventure. It couldn't do enough damage to hurt anyone. So, 
What would it do then? Well, I figured that I enjoy a well-cooked meal just as much as the next gentleman, so I thought that fish might like it too. That's genius. That's insane. Professor Drumheller, will you please contact your captain? Captain? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. I've been caught wrapped up. Yes, I'm sure the intership transponder is here somewhere. Mr. Adventure looks around the laboratory and begins to furrow his brow. He can barely see the walls and the floor and imagines that the search will take far longer than he is comfortable with. Yes, I'm quite sure it's around here somewhere. Excuse me, young man. Could you look over there? Sure. Kid Adventure walks, well, shuffles around stacks of machinery, books, and beakers in search of the communicator. Gosh! Professor, that stuffed squid, the one hanging over your desk? Why does it have wings? Ah, the aerocephalopod. It's terribly rare. A few thought they were extinct, and most thought they were a myth. Are you telling me that you caught a flying squid? Ah, here it is. This guy gets loonier and loonier. Maurice, may I speak to the captain? I know she's in the laboratory and doesn't like to be bothered, but we have a few guests who want to meet her. Well, you know how she is about surprises, but they are very nice. Will you tell her? Thank you. As Professor Drumheller places the intership transponder back into its cradle, Kid Adventure notices something unusual. Golly, is that a robotic hand? Well, yes, it is. It took me quite a while to adapt it to my nervous system, but once I did, it worked marvelously. May I ask what happened to your real hand? Oh, it's a fascinating tale, full of adventure. It happened when... Oh, hello, Maurice. I didn't see you come in. Oh, oh. I don't believe I've ever seen him in full attack mode before. Attack mode? Mr. Adventure and Kid Adventure immediately drop into fighting stances when a recording begins to play from the automaton that stepped from the shadows near the door. Greetings, travelers. You'll have to pardon my absence. I don't recall picking anyone up last time we were at port, so your arrival is... dubious at best. You'll notice two sets of binders in the hands of my mechanical manservant, Morris. Once you place them on, he will show you to the entertainment room. And I do advise you to put them on. I refuse to see anyone that isn't dressed... appropriately. Oh, I'm sure you'll like the captain. She's a very nice captain. Mr. Adventure and Kid Adventure are led through the various decks by Morris, the captain's mechanical manservant. With his gun, various blades, numerous other dangerous-looking attachments, and something that blinked an odd orange color loaded for bear, they knew escape wasn't an option. After their guarded tour, they came into a room that looked very different than the rest of the ship. It was luxuriously adorned with paintings on the walls where bookshelves were not. Seated in the center of the room, stretched out on a long velvet couch, was a beautiful young lady with striking blue hair. Her beauty was noticed shortly after her weapons. One rested in her shoulder holster and the other strapped to her thigh. Mr. Adventure realized they were both within easy reach of her hands. Greetings, unexpected guests. I must insist upon a full explanation of how you managed to get on my ship. But our first order of business should be tea and introductions, don't you think? Hello, Captain. My name is Mr. Introductions follow tea. I'd hate for your mouth to get dry since you have a hell of a lot of explaining to do. The automated manservant Morris returns with a tray of biscuits and tea, serving them first to the captain and then to her prisoners. Does your tea suit you? Morris is very proud of his beverage module. I am known as the Mad Crafterix, and I am the owner and captain of this ship. Now that we are prepared for your explanation, you may proceed. But I must warn you, if I reach boredom, I'll throw you overboard. That's nothing. I'm a great swimmer. Oh? <laughs> and how are you at flying? Flying? The Mad Crafterix nods her head and Morris presses a button, opening the blast shutters on the large bay windows. Mr. Adventure and Kid Adventure gasp at what they see. 
They see not the white breaks of waves crashing into one another, but flying squid, birds, and clouds rushing above, to the side, and below. Where are we? This makes no sense. I think we might want to agree to a request, Mr. Adventure. Then you better tell her the best story you can think of. I don't think I can flap my arms hard enough to survive a walk on the plank here. Mr. Adventure begins his explanation with who he is and how he came to be, his adventures against Michael Aztec and Dr. Zhao, and what he knew of his arrival in this unusual world. The Mad Crafterick seems impressed with his tale and motions for Morris to release the binders. She then begins to fill Mr. Adventure in on her world, a world run by steam and gears. But this place is run on steampunk technology! Steampunk? Yeah, steampunk! It's like Victorian-era science fiction! I read about it in the thrilling tales of Professor A.V. Ada! Well, I can see the steam, but where's the punk? Greetings, Craftrix! Ah, there he is now. It is I, your arch-nemesis, Professor Perseus Pinion. You have a nemesis, too. He's been following me for a while now. The level of threat he poses is debatable. Um, excuse me? Why would you be so rude to me? I can't understand why- I don't have time for his nonsense right now. It doesn't appear that he's in the area, so his silliness can wait. Are you sure? Quite sure. So, you come from another dimension and you want to get back home, yes? Very much so. I think that if I can get in touch with a good friend of mine there, we can figure out a way to get back. He's not only well-versed in the mystical arts, but he seems to travel between dimensions on a regular basis. If Doc Phantom can't figure this out, no one can. Well, the Astrolabe is certainly capable of traveling between dimensions, but I gather you're talking about time as well. <laughs> yeah. I found that if it's simple, it typically doesn't involve us. Time and dimension? That shouldn't be a problem. Really? They don't call me the Mad Crafterix for nothing. So what did they call you before that? Oh, aren't you amusing? I'll tell you what. When it comes to secret identities, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Fair enough. After hearing that message, I see why it's safer to keep things close to the chest. Pinion? The only threat he poses is to himself. Hell, he lost a toe to a trap he created for me. Explains the grudge. Apparently he was angry with me long before that. I have no idea why. But he's harmless. Just don't be standing near him when he launches one of his traps. I'll be sure to do that. So is there some way I can contact my people? Absolutely. Here you go. Is that what you've been working on while we've been speaking? Are you telling me that you made an interdimensional, intertime communication device while we've been talking? You say that like it's impossible. Frankly, Mr. Adventure, I didn't take you for a barbarian who believed the fairer sex to be the weaker one. Do you think I'm somehow less capable simply because I'm a woman? No, 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 not, not at all. Where I come from, something like that, based on science, is impossible. I know that everything here looks like it's from our Victorian era, where women were treated as inferior, but that is not something I would ever do. I can see that your universe could teach ours a thing or two. My apologies, Mr. Adventure. This world has its prejudices as well. I've had to fight hard for the freedom to steer my own course. And you should be proud. Indeed, I am. Thank you. Why don't you fire up that Chronicom and get hold of whoever you think can help you? I will. Um, so, how does this work? <laughs> Just dial it here, press this button, and put it up to your ear. Like this? Actually, it goes the other way around. 
And by the way, those two power streams, the ones going through the temporal oscillation overthruster, make sure you don't cross those streams. Sure. Why not? Total protonic reversal. It would be rather like all life as you know it, stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Wow. So don't cross those. Roger that. Couldn't you have made it a little safer? Where's the sport in that? Come now, I'd expect a more audacious attitude from a man who calls himself Mr. Adventure. Don't you like to live a little dangerously? Not when I'm placing a call. Doc Phantom. Hello. It's Mr. Adventure. Mr. Adventure? Is that name supposed to mean something to me? And how are you able to contact me telepathically? Telepathically? You said you wanted to talk to him. He wasn't listed. Amazing. Did I hear you correctly that you don't know who I am? Is he prone to pranks? He's not prone to having a sense of humor. Doc, you've got to listen to me. And even though you don't know me, you've got to trust me. Mr. Adventure begins to introduce himself to a man he has known for years. Odd things are no stranger to Mr. Adventure, but even this rattles the man to his core. He also explains how he ended up in the universe of Gears and Steam. At this moment, Mr. Adventure learns something far worse than he could have imagined. Dark Mask. Yes, he rules our world and always has. You seem to be his positive counterpart. You say that you are the normal entity of our universe, yet you are not here. Perhaps your removal from the regular timeline created this present, alternate universe. I fear there's nothing we can do to reunite them, unless you can find the exact point where you are removed. What was the name of your city again? Sapphire City. I remember a story my grandfather used to read to me. I think I'll speak to my archivist, see if we have a copy on board. Mr. Adventure, if there is any way that you can go back and fix this break, it is much needed. The world I live in is one filled with terror. Dark Mask rolls with fear. I may have infinite powers, but even I am merely throwing stones at the Great Wall in comparison to what he wields. If you can do something, please, hurry. Resistance has resources to fight for only a few more weeks, but we fear we will be discovered in days. I will do what I can, my old friend. Everything I can. Then I look forward to meeting you, my new friend. Mr. Adventure sits in a nearby chair and takes a deep breath, stealing himself. What do we need to do? You were able to whip that communications device together rather quickly. Will you be able to get Kid Adventure and me back home? Speaking to someone interdimensionally is a lot easier than getting there. The variables can interact in unpredictable ways. It will take considerable calculations and some time. It's complex, but not impossible. Thank you, Craftrix. I appreciate it. Why don't you check on your little friend while I get started? The communicator is a good starting point. I'm not sure how long the conveyance problem will take. I think I will. Where do you suppose he might be? Just look for Professor Drumheller. They seem to have taken to each other like an aerosol to clouds. Or a duck to water. What's a duck? The two smile at each other's universal miscommunication as Mr. Adventure walks out of the workshop. After watching Kid Adventure and Professor Drumheller work in the laboratory for a few hours, Mr. Adventure decides to investigate the ship. As he wanders, he encounters the archivist with a stack of scrolls under his arm. Oh, excuse me. No, no. It's quite all right. I was just on my way to find you and the captain. I didn't just find the book she referred to. I also found the prophecy itself. Prophecy? I will tell you and the captain when we are together. Come, we shall find her now, and I will show you both. The archivist leads the way as they travel through the bowels of the ship to get to the workshop where Mr. Adventure last left Mad Craftrix. 
Captain, I have what you've been looking for, and I found something else. You mentioned something about a prophecy. All in due time. First, Captain, here is the book you inquired about. This is fantastic. Thank you. You are most welcome. Now, as for the prophecy, as I was poring over the shelves in the archives, I found the book the Captain is holding. As I was looking through it, I found many mentions of a presage. Let me find it. Here. <clears throat> man comes from God. The gear comes from man. God is in the gear. A master of steam will bring about a new future upon his death. A man shall come from the future, bringing a new fire. This new fire will bring about a new steam, and shall bring about a new future, once his essence is added to the machine. A master of steam? It's a folk story that's been passed down from generation to generation here. It's not taken seriously. Well, not by most. Whoa! Does he always sneak around like that? It's not sneaking, per se. He just wears shoes that don't make any sound. He once told me he was on the verge of creating a device to speak to swallows, but his shoes squeaked and it broke his concentration. Since then, he can't remember where he put it. My invention worked on the test runs. Problem was, I don't speak African. Anyways, as I was saying, most don't take that particular prophecy very seriously. But there is a group that based their entire religion on it. A lovely group, actually. I was in the Himalayas looking for a yeti to test a hypothesis I have when I found one of their camps. Well, Captain... Do you have cold weather gear on board? We are more than prepared for any eventuality. I'll plot the course now. Excellent. I'll find my notes. I've been wanting to go back for years, in fact. I'll contact the local chapel at Bue, so they might get a word to the Himalayan temple to expect our arrival. Local chapter? Well, yes, they are quite prolific. Thank you, Professor Drumheller. I think we'll just go to Bui and speak to them ourselves. Perhaps after we save Mr. Adventure's world, we'll go to the Himalayas. Oh, very good. Thank you, Captain. Come, Kid Adventure. Let's get back to our aquatic friends. Professor, you gotta tell me that hypothesis you have involving a yeti. Absolutely. Well, it all began years... Archivist, is there any more to the prophecy? There doesn't appear to be. Just more about the Master of Steam, a city that gleams like a sapphire. But there seems to be an odd footnote about the city of sapphires. It says it's... Treasure repository shall always burn in flames. Does that mean anything to you, Mr. Adventure? <laughs> Nothing of any consequence. The mystery of the prophecy is forgotten once everyone's attention is drawn to a flashing red light followed by a blaring klaxon. Red alert? What is it now? The group follows the mad crafter as she dashes from the room and up to the bridge. Captain, it looks like someone is right outside the port bow. Oh, for the love of cogs, it's just pinion. Stand down the red alert. What the hell does he want? You were so rude to me earlier, I decided to hand deliver this message to you personally. Master, you're going to go to her ship? Of course not. You know traveling ship to ship makes me airsick. Send over one of the messenger penguins. Yes, Master. Here is the invitation. Strap it to this penguin. Master, I think this penguin is from the wrong pile. Quiet! Now, you cannot ignore me, Crafterix, for when you get this message, you- Bored now. Not to question your methods, but are you sure it's wise to constantly hang up on him? We don't have time for his shenanigans. We've got to get you back home. I've already put the finishing touches on the dimensional chronoport. Dimensional chronoport? 
I had to name it something, and Fred didn't quite encompass it. I think it sounds great. Thank you, Kid Adventure. Now you two just stand on those circles there, and you'll be home in a few minutes. Mr. Adventure and Kid Adventure say goodbye to the new friends and step onto the circles. Before the Mad Crafterix flips the lever that will send our heroes home, the transponder squeaks back to life. Crafterix, I have just sent my messenger penguin to the Astrolabe. Strapped to a pouch on his back is an invitation. An invitation to a, uh, dinner party that I'm throwing. I guarantee it will be a party you will never forget. Opinion for the last time. I will never go to a party. The crew of the Astrolabe is thrown to the side as shockwaves of explosion rocks the bridge. Pinion, you idiot! What have you done? Igor, you idiot! What have you done? But, Master, I tried to tell you that was one of our exploding penguins. Status report! You fool! I said messenger penguin! Now she'll never come to my party! Mere seconds destroys months worth of planning and preparation. Now she won't fall prey to my elaborate trap. It looks like I'll be eating shrimp cocktail for the next four months. But master, I'm allergic to shellfish. Get those fires out. Seal off the bulkheads. You should have thought of that before you sent the wrong penguin, you idiot! Morris, lock all working weapons and blast that pinhead out of the sky. Igor! 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 Get us out of here! I can't get a scratch on this ship or I won't get my deposit back! Professor Pinion and Igor escape a fraction of a second before a full spread of magnetic homing cannonballs and finally honed ether rays could strike his rented ship. Is everyone unharmed? We're fine. Sadly, so is Pinion. He sounded as if he was shocked that he'd fired on you. I suspect he didn't intend to do so. His schemes tend to be considerably more labyrinthine than that, but it doesn't matter. Let's get you home. Mr. Adventure and Kid Adventure remove debris from the circular platforms and take their place again. Mad Crafterix grips the lever, throws the switch, and... It didn't work? Why didn't it work? Maybe something was knocked loose in the explosion. It wasn't just something. Looks like it was the whole temporal drive. The tuner is dead, so I can't direct you where you'd arrive. The power supply is shattered. And the brassing Wittershin's capping rotator is shot. Can you repair them? I'm sorry. I can't. Mr. Adventure slumps onto a bench and hangs his head low. Then the future is doomed. My friends will die. And we're trapped here. What was that guy's name? The one who did this? I'm going to hold him personally responsible. Don't worry, Craftrix. He won't be bothering you any longer. Easy, big fellow. Honestly, I think this was an accident. I don't have the parts on board, but there is a place where we can get what we need. It won't be easy, but we'll get it done. All right? All right. Where do we need to go? Morris, set a course for Bowie. The astrolabe turns in its flight and points towards the dangerous city of Bowie. Will Mr. Adventure find the parts necessary to return time to its correct course? Or are his friends doomed to a world of servitude at the hands of the feared Dark Mask, the man that embodies everything that Mr. Adventure does not? Tune in to the next Amazing Pulp Adventure starring Mr. Adventure, coming sooner than you think! The Amazing Pulp Adventures radio show starring Mr. Adventure was created by Davey Beauchamp. This episode was written by Podcasting's Rich Siegfried. It starred Laura Burns as Venda 2, Chris Miller as Venda 3, Jason Adams as Professor Drumheller, Nobilis as Igor and Professor Pinion, Susan Z as the Mad Craftrix, Dr. John Smar as Eon, the Master of Time, 
Matt Wallace played the archivist. Vendor 1, Mr. Adventure, Kid Adventure, and narrator was portrayed by Podcasting's Rich Siegfried. And introducing Morris as himself. Tune into pulpadventures.net in the next few weeks to hear the exciting conclusion. And remember, stay vigilant, stay adventurous! <laughs>